0: Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Hey, welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Abbott, and we are talking about Colossians 1.17 today. It is a beautiful verse. It's a verse about Jesus, and it says, He is before all things, and in Him, all things hold together. It is such a good verse, and we are talking with Jen Oshman today. She is an author. She's a podcaster, a speaker, a mom, a pastor's wife. She was a missionary. Uh She's amazing. And I'm just so excited to have you with us. Welcome, Jen. Hey, thank
1: you so much, Natalie. Well, you know, I loved Well. I love the podcast. I love everything you guys do. And we are about to chat about my very favorite portion of scripture. So this is exciting to be here.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. I I just recorded our teaching podcast today. And man, that section of scripture is just amazing. It is such a beautiful section of scripture. I'm like, how have I not... Memor- I want to memorize all of it. That you know, that passage that just talks about who Jesus is, because I think it's so fantastic. And I'm like, how have I not memorized that yet? I, that's like a a place I I want to go to all the time in my mind.
1: Yes, for sure. You know, some scholars say that it's the most christologically rich passage in all of Scripture, meaning mm. that one paragraph has more about Jesus than any other yeah. passage of Scripture. And I think that's probably true. There's like a dozen truisms about Christ in this one six-verse paragraph. So if you want to know what Jesus is like or remember what he's like, (laughs) memorizing that paragraph is a great place to to go.
0: Yeah. If you think about it, like 12 theological truths in six verses? It's crazy. That's, I mean, like, why would you memorize anything else? If you really want to know about Jesus, you're getting it all right there. Right there.
1: (laughs) Yes, I love it.
0: That's amazing. Well, for those of you who don't know, Jen regularly writes for Dwell. And so I just, I'm excited for you guys to hear her voice. She's been on the podcast before, but it was a while back. And so I just am glad for you to be here and for them to hear your like real audible voice instead of your writer's voice, which is a little different sometimes, you know? For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm thrilled to share it. So thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we dive into this verse about Jesus holding all things together. I would love to hear a story from you about a time when you felt like you had so much going on in your life and you just couldn't hold it all together. Absolutely. I think that probably marks my life. You could probably
1: say that, <laughs> um, and I would imagine you too, and maybe a lot of listeners. Um, we live in an age, and I think we were raised in an age mm. that told, especially us girls, like you can do anything, you can have it all, you can be it all, just dream it and achieve it. And that certainly marked my upbringing. And of course, those slogans and sayings mean well. You know, it's it's our mentors yeah. and teachers and coaches cheering us on. Um, but many of us, including myself, really believed it deeply into my soul that like I could do anything. And so, um, you know, one story that I have shared before publicly and, and, um, wanted to share again, cause I think it captures it so well. It's just my testimony of being a college student and, you know, um, wanting to just be excellent in my classes and in sports and in my social life. um, And in every other way that was available to me, you know, college can feel like this buffet, this all you can eat buffet of opportunities. And my identity was very much wrapped up in excelling in each of those areas. Um, But for me, my freshman year of college was a massive slap in the face. Because Mm. I did not excel in those things. Uh, my college was so much harder than my high school. The sports were at a whole mm. new level. Socially, it was just a really different crowd and context than I had grown up with or gone to high school with. Um, and I just found myself failing, like literally going to my professors and being like, I've never seen an F before. We have like, we got to talk about this. What is going on? <laughs> what is
0: going on? Yeah, Help it's me. Not a, this is not
1: who I am. Um <laughs> But the Lord, I believe in his mercy, brought me to the end of myself and just said, Mm. Actually, Jen, you can't do it all. You are not self made. You are not self sufficient. I made you and I made Mm. you for me. And that's where you're going to find peace. You're not going to find peace in your GPA or your athletic performance or your social life. True, deep, everlasting, soul deep Mm. peace comes from abiding in me. And so, the first semester of my freshman year was really marked by a lot of time spent grieving, literally, on my dorm room floor of like, I'm just oh. so disoriented. Mm. I need help. And um, the Lord ministering to me through His Word. And just, I, I was not really walking with Christ when I went to college, but by His grace, I had a Bible, picked it up and looked at it. And so the Lord, the Lord really brought so much healing. But um, I can say, Natalie, that that story is honestly... Rehearsed daily in my life, where Mm. I feel like, even as a mom or as a writer or a teacher, like, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this. I'm going to get my coffee and I'm going to get a walk. And, you know, I've got these commentaries and these tools and these skills and abilities that, you know, God's given me, and I'm just going to go for it. And slipping into self sufficiency every day. So while it is my testimony, it's also my daily reality where I realize. I'm trying to do it on my own. Um, really, it's it's Christ who holds it together.
0: Okay, so let me just ask a follow up question. As somebody who does the same thing a lot, <laughs> what do you do when you find yourself in that place where you're like, "I got this, I got it, I got it, I'm gonna do it, I got to check it off, it's fine, I got it." You know, because I think there are days, there are days where we have that that we're like literally dying under the pile. But then there are also days where we're like, you know, I did pretty good today. Did you see that, everybody? (laughs) You know, like, so what do you do when you find yourself in that situation where you're like, yeah, I got that. I got this, where I'm tempted to
1: walk in Mm -hmm. self-sufficiency. Well, the reality is the Lord does sweetly humble me on a regular basis where I do run (laughs) into brick walls and I'm like, actually, this isn't going well. Mm -hmm. But you do make a good point because, you know... We do have an education. We do have a certain amount of like wealth and comfort and security where we can just sort of walk in our own strength for some time. Um, That is true. And I think we can even, you know, feel like I'll definitely feel on a day that's really productive, better about myself. Like I'm worth more. I'm somehow more valuable if I've been really productive. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's two things. One, is that the Lord will humble me, you know, and bring me to the floor, kind of like in my college dorm? It maybe, maybe not literally, but figuratively, maybe literally, where He will. Remind me, you know, you actually don't control heaven and earth. You don't control these variables. You don't even control your own body. Um, I Mm. love Acts chapter 17 where it says, the Lord is the one who gives life and breath and everything. Um, And Mm. truly, he is our maker and he's the one who puts the breath in our lungs. And so um, I think on days where maybe I haven't hit a brick wall, but I'm feeling productive, feeling good about myself. The beauty of having memorized some scripture, whether it's this paragraph in Colossians 1, or if it's portions of Acts 17, or really countless places in the Bible where you can go to remember what is true. God is your maker. God is your savior. Um, And I think having those truths already lodged in my brain and in my heart reminds me, no, I am by him, for him, through him, to him, as this particular paragraph says. Um, and knowing what's true, I think, is just a gut check on every day.
0: Okay. So what about the opposite? What about those days when you're like, I can't, ugh, what is, what is, going? I have way too many things. I am just completely unable to to even begin to attempt the list. What, what do you do in those kinds of situations? Is it the same kind of thing or is it different? Yeah, I,
1: I think it is similar. And those days, you know, isn't it weird how we can be in both extremes on the same day? Because I can definitely feel <laughs> yes. quite proud of what I can uh, accomplish. And then five minutes later, be like, oh, my gosh, I will never. Why would God ask me to do this? I cannot possibly do any of this. <laughs> yeah. um, and I can swing wildly from one to the other in the space of mm-hmm. five minutes. But, you know, anything like parenting or marriage mm, mm. or you know even living through an injury or a sickness or ministry in your local church or hard relationships or family relationships i mean all of these things i think confront us on a daily basis where we're like i, I don't know how i'm going to handle this i'm yeah. sure i'm going to handle it poorly <laughs> or I don't have the confidence to even try to handle this, you know. And so, in those moments, you know, especially like if we put ourselves out there publicly, maybe write yeah. an article or go on a podcast, and you're like, "I, am surely going to get tongue-tied, or I'm going to say this the wrong way." Um, mm-hmm. I love to remember um, that I am hidden in Christ, and that's at Colossians three. Back to this beautiful book, we are yeah. hidden. In Christ. It's no longer no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's another one of Paul's um, words in Galatians. And so I, for me, Natalie, it's so incredibly comforting and even confidence building to remember no matter what I do, even if I screw this up, even if I sin in it, even if mm. I do it really badly, even hurt somebody else in the process. I am hidden in Christ, and there is nothing Romans eight that can separate me from the love of God. I am securely in His hand forever and ever, no matter what. And so that that really sort of propels me forward and makes me willing to do hard things or mm. to attempt to do hard things by His strength, by His grace, and knowing that no matter the outcome, I will never be separated from the love of
0: my Father. Mm. That is so good. Thank you, Jen. Um, I would love to talk specifically about what this verse tells us about who Jesus is and how that applies to us in these situations, that if Jesus is before all things, like why does that matter? If he is the one who holds all things together, how do we take some some of these, like, and, and in the greater passage even, there are all these really, like you said, 12 beautiful theological truths about who Jesus is. How do the, those then trickle down and affect us? And I think you're talking about that in terms of like, well, this verse over here in Colossians 3 and this over here are some of the things that I do, but specifically this verse, how does it meet us and and feed our souls? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, you know, depending on the translation, this chunk of scripture is either called like the supremacy of Christ or the preeminence Mm -hmm. of Christ. And so for me, it's so helpful just to rehearse what's true. And that is that Jesus is supreme over everything that, you know, like our verse says, he holds everything together. So whether in victory or in defeat, you know, in joy or in sorrow, when things are going great or if they're going terribly, I can rely on the Lord, that He is holding everything together. Um, and this paragraph shows us, you know, He is creator. He is resurrected, firstborn from the dead. He mm-hmm. is the head of the church. He is reconciling everything to Himself through the cross. He is mm-hmm. making peace through the cross. I mean, we we just see these amazing, like, huge truths about Jesus. Like, it blows my mind. Like, this is our God. Our God is not weak or trying or sentimental or a nice mm. thought. You know, right. He is preeminent over every single thing. So mm. come what may, I know I can lean on Him and He will not let me go. It's going to be okay because of this truth in Scripture.
0: Mm. I just love that. I, I love the idea that that Jesus is is both infinitely powerful. And yet intimately caring for us and our needs. Yes. So yes. I think that's a that's a great, like how would you speak to that in terms of how that plays out in the world and, and in, your, in your life?
1: Yeah, I mean, we de- We definitely see, we see two things, I think. I mean, we see a hundred things in this paragraph, but we, we see <laughs> that how he is all powerful, but we also mm. see how he's all good. You know, like mm. if he were just all powerful without his goodness, we would only have fear and not just the reverent kind of fear, but like terror if he was only all-powerful. But we see that he himself through his cross, through his own giving up of himself for, for us, for us, his enemies, um, that we, he, we know that he is good. We just need to remember the cross and the gift that he's given us. So um, even in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul says, um, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And mm-hmm. so I see this God who is the creator and sustainer of the whole universe, but he's also Christ in me, and that is my hope. So I see his power and his transcendence. He is he is over the majestic Rocky Mountains which I see every day here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of every little detail and molecule and cell inside of my body. And not only is he all powerful, but he's all good. He lives in me, and therefore I have hope. So I don't I don't have to put hope in my own productivity or my own strength or that my kids are going to behave or that I'm going to get in, you know, do well or get accolades for an article that I write or that even my local church is going to be at peace and in harmony. Like I don't have to put my hope in those things mm. because we can put our hope in Christ who lives in us.
0: Mm. That is so good, Jen. I think that's just such a great application of how we can think about and kind of allow these kind of big theological ideas to impact us personally and 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 matter in our lives. Um, you have a podcast called All Things where you talk about current events through the same lens of Jesus and in fact you you even said that 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 title All Things is from this passage in scripture which I love. Um so your, your podcast description says all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. So we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now. Why is it so important to see current events through the lens of who Jesus is? Well, goodness, we are
1: recording this podcast here at the beginning of 2024. And you and I were kind of chatting before we started recording about how we feel a little bit weary about this coming mm-hmm. year. Um, I kind of feel very tired, even just looking at the landscape before us. Like, I kind of want to hide in my basement until 2025, <laughs>
0: maybe. Um,
1: yes. But again, you know, kind of going back to that Acts 17, the Lord gives life and breath to everybody. But also, that same passage says, He determines when and where we would live. So mm-hmm. it's no accident. Um, God the Creator, which we see here in Colossians one, he ordained that you and I would live right here, right now. That we I am in the state of Colorado in 2024 for a reason. And I have the the insight or skills or abilities that he's given me for a reason. I have the neighbors, the people in my church, my children, um, articles that I can write for Dwell, like everything I have. Is for is is from the Lord and for the Lord, and so I do think that's the, the same is true for global events and for big things happening in our country. Um, Jesus is preeminent over it all. He is mm-hmm. before it all. He is holding it all together. Nothing is happening outside of His sovereign will. He is working through every detail, good and bad, um, just and unjust, fair and unfair. The Lord is working through all of them. And so I think it's important as believers, and I know I am prone to this, to not feel like we are just swirling out here in the universe without any control, that there is just pure chaos and God has forsaken us and we are without hope. You know that yeah. that is not true. We're are in the already, but not yet. Jesus has already come and he is coming again. He's not yet back, but he will be. Yeah. And everything that is happening now is for the purpose of Christ reconciling it to himself. So let us not lose heart. Let us not despair, whether it's our presidential election or war on foreign soil or God forbid war right here in our own country, whatever comes, we can trust that Jesus is before it and that he's holding us
0: in the midst of it. Hmm. That is such good news. I feel like, yeah, so oftentimes we can look at world events and and they can really create a sense of like despondency or worry, anxiety, like what is going to happen? How is this going to ever, what, you know, be resolved or whatever? Um, can you talk about a current event that you've discussed before on your podcast? Um, like how, how have you seen that event through the lens of Jesus and and made sense of it?
1: Yeah, well, one thing I actually just talked about this past week, um, that I would love to, you know, it's fresh on my mind. And I've talked about it a number of times on my podcast is that of immigration. And you Mm. know, it feels like the crisis at our border is ever present and always growing. And um, the sound bites that we hear on the news or on social media feel really scary. Feels, you know, whether you're listening to a news outlet that leans left or a news outlet that leans right, you know, you can come away from that feeling. One way or another, the world is coming to an end because of this immigration <laughs> crisis, <laughs> right? Um, and so, I think as believers, it's very tempting. To receive our news from social media or from big media outlets, and think, well, I have to land somewhere politically. I have to decide on a policy that I can get behind, and then I have to advocate for that, or vote for that, or somehow participate in that policy. Now, I want believers at every level of government. So, if you're a believer listening who's involved in policy work, amen. Go with God. You know that is so good. Um, but most of us aren't involved politically, but our views are shaped by politics and sound bites and slogans rather than the Word of God.
0: Mm.
1: But if we turn to the Word of God, it says a ton about immigration. Now, it's not speaking specifically to our southern border in the 21st century, but there are scriptures throughout the Old Testament that instruct us as the people of God to love the foreigner in our midst and to feed mm-hmm. and clothe the foreigner. Deuteronomy chapter 10 tells us to do this, that God loves the resident alien among you, and you must love him too. And then, of course, the New Testament's replete with scriptures that tell us to love God and love neighbor, to do as our to our neighbor as we would want to do to ourselves, to to um, you know, when we get, as we give um, water and food and clothing and shelter, we do that unto Christ. James says, "Don't show favoritism." Paul says, "Your citizenship is in heaven; that's mm. preeminent over your citizenship in America." And so we have this biblical shaping of immigration if we will let the Bible instruct us, and that is, regardless of what is happening in the election, or what po- politics are saying, or what kind of legislation does or does not happen. We do have an assignment from the Lord our God, and that is to love the immigrant. Regardless of policy, as the people of God, we are charged with feeding, clothing, and loving the resident alien among us. So I think that's a great example of a a world event, a trend, something that's going on where you can feel really overwhelmed and like, oh, we've got to figure this out politically. Um, And the truth is, whatever's happening politically, fine, participate in that if that's your calling. But as a Christian, You have this unique calling. So go do that. And I think, Mm. Natalie, I don't know about you, but for me that that provides me with a lot of comfort because actually I can go, yeah, I can do this one small thing. I can love one immigrant in my community, or I can spend time in one ministry that's serving foreigners or something like that. Rather than thinking I have to figure out immigration reform myself and somehow, you know, share that on Facebook. No, I don't, that's not (laughs) what I'm called to. I'm just called to, you know. And so for me, it sort of brings it down and that's a small thing i can do.
0: i absolutely love that. i think i think you're right. i think if we look at it from that big picture standpoint like like what can i possibly do but to say well, what does the god's word say that i should already be doing? am i in relationship with any refugees in the community that i live? most of us have people who are refugees living in our communities whether we agree with it or not, whether you know we we want that to be the case or not like as believers our calling is to minister to them, to reach out um, and to love them as Jesus loves them. And so yeah. I I love that because it it creates a sense in which um I can do something. I actually should, should probably do something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And bring that back to our Colossians one passage, because Christ is preeminent and because he's in me, and because it's gonna be okay, because he's holding everything together, you know. I can do it. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. scary to stick your toe in that water, right? Like, well, I've never yeah. gone to the local shelter that does X, Y, or Z. Um, mm-hmm. But there's our our calling is clear in Scripture, and He will help us. And because He holds it all together, because He is supreme, you can do this, and He's going to help you no matter what.
0: Mm. That's a great word, Jen. I appreciate that. That's really great. Um, Okay. So thinking about filtering the big picture questions through the reality of Jesus holding all things together, we've kind of been dancing around it a little bit and talking about it a little bit. But how does filtering our own lives through this lens help us make sense of our lives? So um, in in some ways, it's like, yes, I can look at that big world problem like immigration and say, okay, Maybe I could do this. But as I, you know, all of these relationships that I'm dealing with, all of these responsibilities that I have that I'm trying to hold up and and hold together, how do I take those things and filter them through this lens of Jesus being both. Uh, preeminent or over before these things, and also holding them together how do i how do I use that as a lens practically you know i'm I'm just thinking about like what would you say to a listener who's like, You don't understand Jen? <laughs> I got way too much. I don't know like what is Jesus really gonna do for me? How is this gonna work for me? What yeah. would you say? man, My heart
1: kind of aches even as you ask the question because I know. I know that people want to hear about suffering and talk about suffering because we all suffer. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is such a practical question, and I'm really glad we're talking about it. Um, You know, I think we have to remember or at least come at this from a couple different perspectives. One important perspective on it is that in our wealthy Western context that we are in, and even in the American church, I think we lose the reality That we are, as Christ's followers, called to suffering. That there Mm. is suffering in this life. That Mm -hmm. Jesus did say, if you're going to follow me, you've got to pick up your cross and carry it that to really find your life is to lose your life. That if you seek to save your life, you're actually going to lose it. And there's multiple places in the New Testament, especially where it speaks to suffering, you know, completing us, developing in us character and perseverance and therefore joy. Mm -hmm. So there really is, no one is really exempt from suffering. One, because we live in a fallen world. But the Christian is not exempt from suffering because we are called to bearing our crosses, to considering others better than ourselves, to being slapped on the right cheek and giving them the left also. Um, There is a special suffering that believers are called to as we are meant to lay down our lives for others. And so I think the first thing I want to remind myself first and foremost, and remind anybody listening, is that to be in Christ is not is is not to be exempt from suffering, and I think sometimes in our context where we do have a lot of safety, and security, and comfort, we think, oh, to be in Christ is to be hashtag blessed, it's to <laughs> right. not suffer, it's to mm-hmm. accumulate wealth and comfort, and a good mm-hmm. image and a good reputation and a high, a, you know, a, a big following on social media or otherwise. Like, you know, you, we think we're doing it right. If things are going well. And it's not to say that God doesn't bless us and that things don't go well. You know, I, I'm obviously surrounded right now by comfort and security and all those, those things. Um, but it's true that we are called to an element of suffering. And so... Whether it's because we're in a fallen world or because we are following Jesus and laying ourselves down for the benefit of others, suffering will indeed happen. But what I want to say to the believer, um, you know, suffering things, I just think of things like disability or an unwanted divorce or a sickness that strikes or a child who's wayward, um, all those things where you're like, this is not what I lived for. this is not what I you know put myself out there for. This is not what I expected. Um, yeah. These verses I do think offer just a tremendous amount of comfort that Jesus is in it, that he even potentially ordained it or at least allowed it for his purposes. There is something going on there that you cannot see. but because Jesus is making peace by the blood of his cross, you can trust him that it's good you can, we look, he is the creator. We look at creation. We look at how it's good and it's beautiful. We see his character. We look at the cross and we see that that is good and beautiful and we see his character. And so for the one who is suffering in a way that's unexpected or feels somehow unfair or undeserved, I just want to remind you, you can trust the character of our Christ who makes peace by his own blood. He is holding you together and that suffering is not wasted that suffering is meant to draw you to Him. He is acquainted with grief. He is acquainted with suffering. He has suffered more than all of us. And so we can look to Him and we can draw comfort from Him. And and I pray that that listener would be able to abide in Christ, draw near to Christ, call on Him for relief and comfort in your sorrow. Um, He stands near and is ready to offer you, um, I I think, just a soul-deep relief that can only come through Christ, your Maker and Savior.
0: Mm, that is so good. Thank you, Jen, for sharing that. And I just think it's a needed word. It's a needed word for us that when things happen that are difficult, because we all have things that happen that are difficult, that we have a, a savior who suffered for us and who suffers with us. Hmm. All right. Well, we are about ready to close, but I have one last question for you. Um, I would love to hear about a time when you received peace or comfort or clarity in a moment where you were just feeling out of control. So just kind of going back to that original question of like, when you feel like you were holding all things together, um, can you speak specifically to a time where you felt like Jesus just met you with his control and gave you peace?
1: Yeah, um you know, we have spent a lot of our life in different countries. Um we were missionaries in Asia and Europe and then came back here to the US. And each move was not without sheer terror. <laughs> when we first moved to Asia, pet <laughs> we had a newborn baby. We took a 6-month-old mm-hmm. with us to the mission field. Um, And then when we moved from Asia to Europe, we had school-aged and high school-aged kids. So it was another terrifying, you know, Mm. disruption to our family. And then when we were unexpectedly called back to America, it was like, no, Lord, no, 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 this was not, I'm not taking the kids to a third continent, like, no. Um, Mm. So every move was unplanned, unscripted, didn't see it coming, Um, and it would cause my children to suffer as well probably more mm. than myself and my husband and so i think you know those are those are times where i look back where it felt like i was really out of control and that what god was asking me to do was too much and that it felt unfair that he was asking mm. my kids to do it too and those were ultimately really sweet moments with the lord and i can remember very vividly crying out to him in those moments and saying would you have me do this with my kids? (laughs) And the father saying, do you know what I've asked of my son? I know what it is to ask hard things of Mm. my children. Mm. And I want to ask you to do this as well. It's going to be for your good, as was the sacrifice of my son. And there's going to be victory and life after death as there was with my son. Mm. And so i Yeah, I can, especially as a mom, just looking to the heart of our Father in Heaven, saying, I know what it is to see my children suffer, and I will be with you. And He has met me in that through His Word, through His people, other believers who remind me of what's true, and through the Spirit who's just ministered to my soul in those ways and said, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There will be joy in life on the other side of this. And He's proven himself true. It's mm. true. It's right. He, he has proven himself true to my entire family and to my children as well. Now that doesn't mean there hasn't been a bumpy road. You know, it wasn't like everybody was like, "This is awesome." You know, <laughs> there was right. pain, and the transition was mm. ugly for all of us mm. every single time. Um, but the Lord proved himself faithful, mm. and He will again.
0: That is so good. I, I needed to hear that. It made me cry. Mm. How beautiful. I need to hear it too. <laughs> you know, I just think about how there are things that we go through that we don't know. We don't know how it's going to turn out. And like you said, there are times when the people who suffer are the people that you love the most. And you wonder like, why, Lord? You know, there have been times when I'm like, just just take me, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> do it to me. Don't, yep. don't do it to this person that I love, my child or my friend or whatever it is. Um, and yet you're right. Jesus is always good to meet us in our suffering with himself and to encourage us that he has a plan, that it isn't without purpose in our suffering. So that's just beautiful.
1: Yeah. He is holding everything, as our verse this month says, including our kids, <laughs> including our husbands, our jobs, yeah. our country this year like he is holding all of it and we know his hands are good they're nailed scarred
0: hands we know they're good and he is holding everything Ah, jen so good. <laughs> that is the best place to end. It is beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I always love getting to chat with you. I feel like I always feel so encouraged and I learned so much. And so I, I'm just thankful for our listeners to get to hear from you and learn from you today. And Um, If any of you are interested in finding more about Jen and books that she's written and everything like that, we'll put links in the show notes for you so that you can follow up and you can always Google her on the Dwell Differently website and read all of her articles at once if you want.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Natalie. This, for me, has also been so nourishing. Everything I do with Dwell or read from Dwell always nourishes my soul. So thank you guys for what you do.
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening, friends. I have a little public service announcement for you. If you have never been to our website, dwelldifferently.com, you should go over there because we have all kinds of devotional resources there for you. We would just love for you to visit over there. We have year upon year upon year of verses that we have been memorizing. Every month we memorize one new verse. Every month we post at least four devotionals on verse. So if you're thinking, I'd like to memorize a couple more verses or another verse every month, then that's a great way to do it. So go on over to dwelldifferently.com and check out all of our old resource content. Just go to the devotional page and you can find all kinds of stuff there. It's free and we just would love to help you connect with God in that way.